Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. WWF Light Heavyweight Champion Gilbert, brother, and you're listening to the Breeding Guild Podcast. Ah! Is that like when the groundhog comes out is when you change your name to something? <laughs> <laughs> I am Skipper Bob, and I'm joined by Johnny Coxville. <laughs> Emphasis on the usually, cock. If that comes out, that usually means six more months in prison. <laughs> 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 what no probation this time <laughs> i guess it depends on where it happens but there's a wealth uh, of a difference between by the 7-eleven and in front of a school so yeah this is a wonderful kickoff right here i love it <laughs> welcome everyone <laughs> to the Cretans guild podcast i am as you heard bob and joined today by Corey. Nah, nah. Johnny Coxville. Yeah, there we go. All right. We are without We're Jay. stage oh, names we today. We need to give a, a name for Jay for this episode. What's a good? Uh, do it on the fly. I, you can't do that. No. Do, 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 do. Uh, Johnny Horderoy. How about that? <laughs> that's, that's, he would appreciate that. I'm sorry. That's I can, all I got. <laughs> no, he would appreciate that. I can guarantee it. <laughs> Guys, we are talking about music tonight. But first off, I got to tell you, uh, we are part of the Podfix Network. You find them at podfixnetwork.com. Podfix, like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And within so. Podfix's network, you would find us uh, back at the end of the alley, uh, which their office is next to. Yeah, we're, we're the ones over in the back in the shadows chewing on moss. With our legal representatives, by the way. Oh, no, they're about ready to ditch us. Oh, damn it. They were working pro bono up to a point. I, I knew that I knew they'd fun, finally come around. That's now well, it's it's our loss, really. But fuck, them. we won't miss you. We were lucky to have them when we did. Anyway, like I said, we are talking about music. So I did have a little bit of a setup here I wanted mm-hmm. to touch on. So I have worked in audio for ever. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And I remember I used to work with this guy named Ron. Ron was fantastic. Ron taught me a lot about... uh, Ronaldo. (laughs) He taught me a lot about being an audio engineer and like how to do this and how to do that. The one thing I always noticed, because we would bump in with popular music, uh, we would pay that ASCAP fee. So we actually came in with music you'd hear on the radio and whatever. Industry talk, ASCAP fee is what? Uh, where you pay for copyrights to play copyrighted music. Basically, audio uh, audio Gettys. Yep. And they, right. they give you a long list of like almost everything under the sun that you mm-hmm. can play. The bitch about it is you've got to document what you played, how long you played it, did it have lyrics, mm-hmm. and then you have to give contributing uh, acknowledgement, meaning you have to detail everyone who ever produced it everyone who wrote it uh this was a huge pain in the ass to do every day after the show yeah just find a song now we have to find out which of the four major labels own it and now who wrote it and now who produced it it was a big pain in the ass essentially no freestyle in between cowboy bebop theme dragon force and then the tf2 intro uh, well, I wasn't allowed to play those strong, those, those songs. <laughs> like, period, yeah. But yeah. once upon a time, we were. Well, yeah, at times yeah. where nobody cared or we were where too Where nobody sp- cared or the market was, or the viewership was too small. The market was actually quite big, and I'm surprised we got away with some of it. But Right, yeah. it's just, yeah, no no one did anything about it. When I started working at, the, like, the national level, people mm-hmm. started giving a shit then. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thought it was really funny. Um like a really popular song. I want to say single ladies or something like that was written by 15 people. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, To reach the core of that song took at least 15 different brains, (laughs) but it's a very complex meaning. Well, the thing is um, going, I I knew Ron the entire tenure. I've worked with him and he would always complain about music. Like, Mm -hmm. 
always it's like I hate that song. That song sucks. Oh god, I hate this freaking song. Oh god, oh god. Was it like was always it, the newer tunes though? Or did he do that with the same stuff? Like if you rolled Credence, would he say anything about that? He said that about nearly every single music track we played. Hmm. I really okay. can't. Uh, maybe he liked Rush. Maybe. <laughs> He liked some other stuff. People that like Rush don't usually, they're not ambiguous about it. They're like, dude, I got to lend you whatever fucking Rush album they're listening to at that time. <laughs> dude, have you heard Moving Pictures? Holy shit. Oh my God. The Sounds of Salesmen. <laughs> All right. Spirit you're of Radio even... was actually one of my favorite songs they do. Well, what's Which one? Spirit of Radio. Spirit of Radio. Uh, Songs of sale, Sounds of Salem. Sounds of, oh, that's see, I, know, I don't know their titles either. Oh. <laughs> I, the only reason I know about that stupid fucking lyric is because of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When Shake blurted that out, I like, I like fucking spit my taco halfway across the room. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you know what they sound like, especially if you delivered pizza for as long as I had. Oh but, god. But you only know them like by recall. So you're like, I don't know what albums these came from. I don't know what song titles these are. I just know that they're Rush because the lead singer sounds castrated. And that's pretty much it. That's their trademark. They're Canadian and they're castrated. (laughs) I'm not going to deny it. Goobs is pissed. (laughs) Well, what is he not? Oh, are we talking drunk? Uh, it could be both. Honestly, yeah. it probably is a combination of the two at this point. But yeah, he's if, we love if you, he, Goobs. If he heard that, oh, well, we love you. That's given. But if he heard, if he heard me say that, that's a that's a trigger. That's a trigger phrase right there. Rush is His mid. Whole body shivers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking throw up now. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing is with Ooh. Ron, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Jesus. If you if you listened all this time, you know what we're you know what we're going on about. It's it's the deepest of inside jokes that everyone knows, and the most reliable too. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Ron ended up he he would hate like every music, like every single music track we play. It's like oh that song sucks. I can't stand listening to this shit. And I was thinking, you know, Ron, we le- we work in audio where we are bombarded with this music. And I developed kind of like the mindset where if you're going to be forced to hear everything, you're just like running yourself down mentally if you're just going to hate everything. So I decided I'm not going to hate everything, but I will pick five songs that I absolutely, absolutely freaking hate with a passion and would just love it if they were to be burned and sent away forever. All right. So I put out the question that we should examine the five songs that we, the Cretans Guild, hate more than anything. Now, Jay isn't with us tonight, but he was nice enough to send us his audio clip of the songs that he hates. So let's listen to that right now, then we'll analyze it. Jay never sent in his audio clip because he hates everything about this podcast and Corey and Bob, but especially Corey but more especially Bob. Here are his picks. Number 5. Boots Coutine Boogie by Brooks and Dunn. Number 4. Chattahoochee by Alan Jackson. Number 3. That fucking terrible Pitbull song Greenlight. Number 2. La Butte. This is the goal song of the Montreal Canadiens. Number 1. The Sign by Ace of Base. Alright, so after that little diatribe, <laughs> I know. I was about to. I was about to be a little bit sad because he isn't here, and he's our resident uh, rant master. Um, well, I'm sure. I thought we were going to be losing a bit of the rhythm, but eh, no, I was there. <laughs> he uh, he's not a big fan of the countries. I mean, no, no, no. That, that's there's two. We we'll go ahead and read them off because yeah, you yeah. can kind of pair yeah. them. Re- recapping, he hates Boot Scoot and Boogie by Brooks and Dunn. Uh, Catahoochee by Alan Chattahoo- Jackson. Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee. I, yeah. I refuse to pronounce that correctly. Uh, he hates that one Pitbull song, Green Light, that they use for WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, Le Butt. Now, this one, I agree with him. Uh-huh. The song that they play when the Montreal Canadiens score. The Butt. The Butt. The Butt. Oui, oui. Le Butt. The Butt. I don't know. Fucking, oh. It's a terrible fucking song. It's some ice disco crap, techno garbage, whatever. 
Uh, and this was the interesting one. He hates the sign by Ace of Base. Ooh, you little shit. What? Oh. Damn it. I feel my I feel my veins fucking burning now. God damn. Okay. Actually, yeah, it's an okay song. (laughs) (laughs) That's just kind of one that I didn't see coming off of his list, really. Neither did I, but at the same time, it doesn't surprise me. It's very digestible, and I don't know if it's because of uh, our Generation X bias here, but that that song is very strong comfort food for me, as is the rest of that album. And it's it's kind of, I mean, it's Ace of Base, so it's not like you're listening to... I mean, I can see where he's coming from because the song is a little <sighs> grinding. I don't know. It's not yeah. like Judas Priest Painkiller or something like that, but it's just... <laughs> it's good. It's it, it's good. It's like pizza. It's like pizza for my ears, you know? You can't have three pizzas uh, in, a, in a single night, but... Yeah, you can. Okay, I can't have three pizzas in a single <laughs> night, but if I, like, gird myself, I can have one, and I'll enjoy the entire thing. <clears throat> what What kind of pizza is this song? kind of pizza would a like a swedish is this pizza? the one with like all olives and fish on it <laughs> what's that does it have olive and fish on it olive and fish it would have lutefisk on it i believe there'd be there'd be there'd be uh ample doses of lutefisk and meatball which that's not that's not too far out of the country line or country boundaries um hmm. i think there would also be uh some pretty heavy gravy attached to it and is there anything else that's like stereotypically Swedish that I'm missing here? Uh, I think you're just about. <laughs> I think you named their entire diet aside from vodka. I well, that's, I think that's Russia, but no, no, fin- nope. you're right. Finlandia yeah. makes really good vodka, so that's not a lie. Um, I guess just put a blonde wig and some blue eye blue contacts on it, and you've got a Swedish pizza. <laughs> oh wait, forgot a vital ingredient: Swedish fish. <laughs> the jellies. All right, I might, I might like have a bit of an apprehension towards eating the entire thing, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's the Ace of Base experience for me, and I'm kind of glossing over. It. I'm putting lipstick on that pig, but no, it's, I don't hate that song at all. The, his two country songs. Oh yeah, those suck. <laughs> those uh, suck I'll out loud. Take your word for it. That comes from a very dark time in country music's history, and that was the '90s. When they were trying to form their own identity and nobody knew what the fuck to do. When they were like, trying pop country? Yeah, that, that was the birth of pop country, actually, was when they were starting to bring, like, uh, uh, we can blame a lot of that on uh, Garth Brooks. I mean, all things considered, he is a pretty I good I was thinking Shania Twain. Shania Twain, yeah, she tarted it up, but some people came before <laughs> It's T-A-R-T, by the way. I'm not going to cash in my karma coins on an actual non-tarred verbiage. Um, no, uh, there are others that came before her. I don't want to say Reba McIntyre because she was still a veteran by that point. But, well, that was one of the things, man. They were actually, record labels were actually asking the veterans to kind of catch up with the electronic music or with the overproduction uh, of, of, of country music. And one of the like most tragic examples of this was George Jones. Uh, it was a George Jones single called High Tech Redneck. And the first time I saw that video for myself in real fucking life, I thought I was having a fever dream. And that maybe I had caught the flu in the five <laughs> minutes before I actually saw the fucking video. And then I passed out and hit my head on a door jam or something. <laughs> and then you came up with the details for the flux redneck. capacitor. Oh, fucking. Well, that would have been a benefit of some sort, but I don't think the cost would have been worth it. <laughs> It was so fucking, we would call it cringe-inducing now. It's like the epitome of you wanting to crawl out of your own body and slither down a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And find paradise in the sewers beyond your own house. It was so fucking awful. And that that was mainly country music like that. Now, they tried to rope uh, Johnny Nash, or uh, Johnny Nash. (laughs) Nah. Uh, they tried to hook Johnny um, Johnny Cash into it as well, um, and he did actually produce an album at that point. It wasn't one of his best, but he had nothing, nothing in the way of overproduction to, uh, having to do with it. Huh? He like I, left. I wasn't aware of this. He left. Yeah, it was uh, the single. It was uh, "Mean Eyed Cat," I think, and it was okay. It was like a it was like a hokey road tune, uh, and it lasted like all of like maybe two minutes and ten seconds. So it's not like your usual like Cash epic or anything. But oh, it was just it was a, just a single track. It was very digestible, yeah. But he had an album around it, you know. And it was, um, um, it, it was, it was him trying to explore more. It was this is this was before the this is before his uh, cover of Hurt. So well, that was the last thing he did, uh, more or less. 
Uh, no, but, wait, I think it was the last thing he did. No, that was like in the late 90s, wasn't it? Or at uh, least the early two. Well, yeah, if it was right early before he died. Yeah, you're right about that. I don't know. I want to say that he did cut another record after that, but maybe I don't know. I don't. I'm not a Johnny Cass expert, but I, I'm fairly certain that's the last thing he did. It casually know him. Uh, no discography anyway. But uh, uh, shit, yeah. Uh, Busku and Boogie and the Chattahoochee by Alan Jackson are both fucking abominable. Even Cletus T. Judd stood nary a chance of like of like getting any sort of respectability back. Cletus T. fucking Judd is the guy we were looking to to save the soul of country music in the 90s. And it just wasn't happening. Hmm. Now, I, I don't really have anything to say about like Greenlight because I don't think I know that song. Um, but I know it. I'm. It's one of those songs. Okay, move on with my life. I don't. Whatever. Can you hum it? No. I You're won't. not gonna. No. No. I, Google is a thing. Ah. Uh, all right. But other than it, that, oh, I did want to point out. Um, we we had a song uh, submitted to us by uh-huh. uh, Theme Park Rob. And I thought it was really interesting. He really, really hates Tainted Love by Soft Cell. It's not a great song. It's it's not. Um, well, it's not. But I thought, you know, that's interesting because the song has been covered like how many times? And that was well, the, the original, is, wasn't it? The song itself is a cover, too. Oh, well, I thought that was the original by Soft Cell. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. Um, see, I'll hum the shit. Sometimes I Cause, feel like because I care. Uh, tainted love cover of what? We're doing Google food right now. I know it makes for great uh, podcasting, but where did our love go? And that's not uh, what I was looking for. I was looking for the group because <laughs> I don't know if it was the Shondells or fucking who. Gloria Jones. Really? Yeah. Which was originally recorded by Gloria Jones in 1964. So it attained worldwide fame after being covered and reworked by British synth pop duo Soft Cell. Oh, they were a duo? I didn't know that. Uh, in 1981, has since been covered by numerous groups and artists, but every version of Soft Cell's Tainted Love that has been covered was a cover of a cover. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's crazy. Did your parents listen to a lot of oldies when you were in the car? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, what, what constitutes as oldies? Because my mom would listen to one kind of music, my dad would listen to another kind of music. So. You, you want you want to know what oldies are? Are you ready to sure. die? Yeah. yeah, right now in your I chair. Probably, I know what oldies are right now, but yeah, I'm it smells like Teen kids. Spirit is a fucking oldie now. Yeah, you're not. That it has was an no oldie shock ten value. years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it has no shock value anymore. Social Security, Bob, in 15 years will be valid. Oh, if I make it to 15 years, I'll be I'll consider that a victory. You'll make it to 15 years. Evil never really truly dies. <laughs> it just fades away or gets fatter. Ah, I think it just like passes on through Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so Labutt, uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about that. And uh, the sign. Oh, I've is... heard it. It's terrible. Yeah, it's got a great title though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's what it's actually called or that's what he labeled it. Oh, that's a terribly good question. Yeah, oh, but I already did my googling for the night, so fucking yeah. let's go and let's move on. Um, all right, so you got a list too? I got a list. You got a, you got five lists? I do. Five uh, so we're so gonna... let's do our fives. Okay, you want to like bounce back and forth? Yeah, yeah, let's bounce back and forth. All right, um, I'll go first because sure. it's, my first two are seasonal, and I'm kind of out What's of. What's your uh... five? What's that? What's your fifth? All right, my fifth. Um, Old Lang Syne, not really the song, not the song that you sing at uh, the, at the New Year's oh. Eve party. It is a Dan Fogelberg tune about him reconnecting with an old flame, and it is the whiniest, pants pissiest bullshit you you will ever hear. It's not calling it sentimental undercuts how much of a fucking liquid deuce this thing is. <laughs> If you ever play it, because people, for some godforsaken fucking reason, will put it in their in their holiday playlist, and you'll be at like an office party or something, and you'll hear like, uh, oh here's um, oh here's Mariah Carey, which I'm surprised wasn't on Jay's list, <laughs> uh, and then oh here's uh, Mr. Snow Miser, great, all right, what are we gonna chase that down with? <laughs> Throw that shit 
out. Oh, we're 20 stories up. It might hit somebody. Fuck it. They deserve it. <laughs> Put their, them out of their misery, their too. Their presence had a had a probable... <laughs> their presence had, like, a probable influence upon what song was going to pop up next on, next on this holiday playlist. I guarantee you they were deserving of that fate. I don't <laughs> give a shit. Because that song is enough to drive me into, like, a... Into, like, an... A, an irrecoverable realm of irrationality. It's Ooh. that fucking shitty. Okay. And the reason, the reason I was having such a problem coming up with this list is because I could not ever hate any other song as much as I hate that turd. <laughs> Sounds like it should be your number one then. It it, it makes me want to go back in time and rescue Hitler. Okay. <laughs> Just because there's a sliver of a chance that him, like, running roughshod over the rest of the planet might preclude Dan Fogelberg never being fucking born to write that song. Oh, God. If he said, like, Danka and then shot me right in the head, I would die with a smile right then and there if I knew that that was the end result. So I don't like that song. Okay. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> all right. Uh, I can tell you that all five of my songs were... Um, I, ugh. Arguably, they were hits. They okay. Were, they were pretty big. None of them really obscure. Um, or they got famous for one reason or another. But I think mine are pretty much universally hated by everybody. But my number five would be Ice Ice Baby. Cannot huh. stand that song. Yeah, it's Hate a shitty song. song. But it, like it, to a lot of people, that's the point of it. Well, I mean, Not I think really it, it, when it came out in the early 90s, mm-hmm. I just wanted to stab something in my ear. I really hated that song when it first came. And I can't say that about a lot of music. It's like, oh, God, this this is the first time I've ever heard it. I want to die. And you subjected not... yourself to a lot of music over the years. Yeah, and then I think I, as the more it, I heard it, like Red Lights or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, is this, is this a cover of something else? And they used the... the... You recognize the sample. Yeah, the sample. They, mm-hmm. they sampled it from another song. I'm like, oh, they fucking ruined that song for me, and I loved it. Ah, it's David Bowie. You can't ruin David Bowie. Oh, well, they tried. They desperately tried. David Bowie could actually adopt my anti-Old Lang Syne strategy, and it still wouldn't ruin him. I'd be like, look what you did, dude. You rescued Hitler. <laughs> and, they'd, and they'd be like, yeah, mate. But guess what? Dan Fogelberg dies tonight. <laughs> Breaking news. David Bowie saves Adolf Hitler. And I'd be like, you know, you have a uh, you have a salient point there, Bowie, Dave. May I call you? But this other <laughs> song did not ruin your uh, seminal hit, Under Pressure, because <laughs> that one takes two to tango, wasn't it? You'd have to involve Freddie Mercury, also. Yeah. And he's yeah, not around true. to uh, he's not around to kind of uh, you know softball that in. Well, it's not like Bowie's around either, so. Well, not anymore. No. Yeah. I'm not fully convinced of that, but I don't want to start writing a fourth Men in Black movie yeah, he, right now. So he's like yeah. one of those celebrities that when he finally did die, it was like, no, he's, he's not dead. No. Well, he's he was not. one of those people that like when I found out he was alive, I was like, oh, my God, this dude's still alive. Well, yeah, he's going to live forever. That's why he's still alive. <laughs> he's when he popped up in the prestige, I was just like, ah, shit. He only looks old because they put aging makeup on him. I guarantee it. Like the old guy <laughs> in those Six Flag commercials. <laughs> He actually still uh, he still actually looks like the White Prince David Bowie, <laughs> but now he's hanging out with Elvis, having all kinds of hedonism. Thank you very much. Anyway, and Pol Pot. Uh, with Pol Pot. <laughs> I guess they would have a lot to talk about, being that they're all major personas from the '60s. Sure, they were up to quite a few shenanigans back in the day with. Elvis's peanut butter and banana sandwiches and David Bowie's tantric sex and drugs and Pol Pot's murdering people. <laughs> you see, I knew you'd see the connection there. Yeah. I mean, not that I'd have a whole lot to hold against Mr. Pot or Mr. Pole or however he structures that. <laughs> After all, we weren't supposed to be over there. I'm pretty sure him and Elvis have a lot to say about that to each other. Oh, Lord. Anyway. <laughs> What's your number four? My number four is Monster Mash. Oh, which oh, version? All of them. It's just Monster oh, Mash. Oh, I don't think you can do that. Can I do that? I don't. Well, I, I'll allow it, I guess. It's yeah, supposed I was, to be I, an individual music track, not just all of a particular cover. To be honest with you, I've never really heard any covers of Monster Mash. I mean, obviously, there would be 
because it's kind of like one of those it's one of those evergreens. Some okay. assholes got it on at the Halloween party, which is why I fucking hate that song. <laughs> but yeah, um, I kind of thought that the shock would take a little bit to uh, settle in at first because it's like, well, Corey, that's like the Halloween theme, and Halloween's one of your things. It is. I love me the shit out of some Halloween. That song's fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, and I have no idea how it came into being either and it's a puzzle that I would just like rather not solve um, so yeah that's one of my other ones now what I what I hate about that particular song mm-hmm. is it has a sequel song that happened like a lot in the 50s and 60s like a really really popular song are you gonna make a big my hit during the awful, summer Bob are you really gonna fucking ruin today for it's, me it's real there was a second uh, the, the, the singer he made like another monster Halloween style song. All and right. It was supposed to be a sequel to Monster Fine. Mash. Give me Brain Aids. What's it called? I thought we extended our Google search. Okay. Uh, I think. Why am I doing this? Like, I'm allowing this to myself so I, so I can only hurt just a little bit more. All right. Sequel to Monster Mash. The Monster Swim? Yes, there was a sequel to Monster Mash. By Bobby Boris Pickett. It's, that was the other thing I, I, I held against this guy, like the breezy adoption of uh, yeah, the uh, of the nickname. Um, okay, so blah blah blah. Bobby returned with Monsters Holiday, and it seems to be like a Christmas themed one. Oh God, he did series of so- of monster songs, and then Monster Swim, and in 1989, the Monster Mash rap. Wow. That I'm going to allow myself to enjoy after the podcast. There is no God. That's all I have to say. I don't know. I think that might actually break the um, that might actually break the horribleness of Event Horizon for me because there there are some things that are like that, like the second Ghost Rider movie. I fucking love that movie, unironically, and it is so fucking <laughs> bad. <laughs> well, I remember that uh, the song, the twist. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There was another like a follow-up song let's twist again or something like that and i was like oh that's so fucking stupid making sequel songs yeah and i knew that monster mash had a sequel song to it yeah i don't know like how common that was but i think it was like hey we capture lightning in a bottle let's see if we could do it again with the same exact premise well the th- there's only one person that thought of that as lightning in a bottle and that was bobby pickett the rest of us were like no you just puked into a bottle and all of us can do that and he forced <clears throat> us to listen to it yeah that's not a talent dude by the way, did you know that there was a uh, fourth sequel to The Twist? Okay. It's called I Can't Fucking Twist Anymore Because I'm Fucking Dead. Anyway, no, <laughs> Just work on your timing a little bit. I only laugh because of your, your, your response. I was like, shit. <laughs> shit, he saw this coming. <laughs> I know you. What's it been, what, 30 fucking years? That's ha- that's that's... That's, that's half my motivation. I'm like, I'm going to make him doubt me again. <laughs> hey, did you know there's a sequel to the Twist song? All right. Got to be edgy. Uh, I couldn't even be too edgy about it because you completely diffused me. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> there it is. It's so good. <laughs> the rictus of disappointment. Yeah, uh, People listening couldn't see it, but I'm just like rotating my wrist. Like, all right, come on. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's let's hear it. What, what yeah. do you have to say? What's going to spew out of your face now? Yeah, his, his his face a mask of just like the most potent crestfallen disappointment. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, whose song are we on? Oh, it was Monster mine. Mash? Would that be you? Yep. Uh, so my number four would be Who Let the Dogs Out? God awful, fucking overplayed piece of shit, and unenjoyable until until you see someone take a fat nasty header at the roller rink to that song. You must go to the rink an awful lot. Well, I used to go to the rink an awful lot, but uh, yeah. Um, no, uh, usually when that song comes out and you're on wheels, it it, 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 it does pump the energy up a little bit. And sometimes, uh, well, at least one time in my experience, uh, it's going to cause somebody to go uh, to get a little bit too free with their rollerblades hmm. and have an epic fucking dump out. I think I hated that <laughs> song more when it got marketed and then you start hearing it in when you, commercials when you saw it in a lot of dog food commercials like anything i mean when disney was using it for airbud or just anything dog related oh god it was just fucking grind me to the soul was there can you can you try like 
yeah, a lot of people did overuse it at some point. But here's the here's the more amusing uh, thought about that. It was in so many commercials and so prevalent, and at it and it seemed to be like so perfectly synchronized at the same time. Like there was just a period of commercials that had who had who let, who let the dogs out in it. That you had to imagine that in New York there was like maybe twenty one individual dudes in suits looking at a marker board, trying to come up with a new. Uh, promotional campaign for whatever fucking dog food uh, that they were, uh, you know, uh, contracts oh, it wasn't to just on. dog food. It was like, how can we sell this old spice? I don't know. Have some dogs running around barking and then we play the who let the dogs out. Yeah, but these dudes are like, they had no inclination that that was like absurdly on the nose and that they were like the biggest fucking geniuses for thinking <laughs> about it. And they're like, shit, this is going to sell so much Alpo. Give me that goddamn raise right now. I know we're four months ahead of employee review. But I'm fucking taking this built. This house, this is gonna be. I built this fucking place, motherfuckers. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Did you think of that? No, you didn't think of that. None of these other 20 bitches on this road thought of this. It was all me. I'm the first person ever. Yeah. And then he was fired. Because uh, workplaces. <laughs> <laughs> Threatening a coworker. <laughs> He's a '90s Don Draper. In that third, yeah, they were they were still like that up until very recently. Uh, oh, I wouldn't doubt it. In that completely in that completely imagined scenario, though, he's also threatening his boss too. So, <laughs> All right, so what was your number three? Uh, welcome to Hallucination Theater. My number three was. Uh, oh, this is a sad one. Uh, Germs by Weird Al. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not crazy about the song. I skip it every time it comes on, but I don't like loathe it. I don't hate it. There are there are three perception tiers to Weird Al's uh, not discography because that goes by album by album, right? Just his complete bibliography. Um, one is like I'm laughing my ass off at this. Two is that's not as funny, but it's fucking clever. Yeah, the and respect three is, level. Yeah, the respect level. Like, that's usually where, like, uh, I, uh, to illustrate the perfect example of that one, that's Bob, the Al- yeah. Alindrome song. Yep. Fuck, that song's great. It's not funny, but it's like art. <laughs> yeah. um, the third one is uh, when he does style parodies, and you're laughing your ass off anyway, but you don't quite know why, but you're still enjoying them. But the thing about Weird Al's song is that they're all enjoyable at... They all tickle some part of your hippocampus, you know? Different areas. Mm -hmm. Germs is the one song where I felt like he had to come up with something to round it out. So he's like, all right, style parody. I haven't done Trent Reznor yet, and germaphobes are funny and pathetic. Here we go. We're recording that shit now. And that was the first time I'd ever heard a Weird Al song where I was like, why am I listening to this? It hurt a little bit. And Was it a Trent Reznor Style? It was him trying. It was him trying to do nine, nine inch nails. God damn yeah, it! Right. Yeah. So it was just like, it was just like if if there was a Weird Al, if Weird Al does have like a bingo card for putting together his like actual parody parodies or, yeah, I'm sorry, his style parody songs, and we weren't able to like have any inkling of such a thing for for this uh, long of a time, that was one of the first songs that kind of like. That was one of the first con- songs that kind of like let us look at the cocktail napkin that he writes some of his lesser known songs on. Mm-hmm. Where he's just like, all right, here's the first thing. Here's the second thing. We're recording this. It's done. Usually when he does a style parody, it's of a musical actor group that he like really respects. So yeah, um, well, he probably respects the hell out of Trent Reznor, but it's not a it's it's like it's a complete disappointment. Well, it's more along the lines of like musical respect, like oh, I love the way this sounds and the way the, the these melodies flow and everything. Mm-hmm. It's not oh, I can make fun of that song. Yeah, no, generally that's what the that's, parodies are for. That's what the parodies are for, right? But it was just him being so. I don't know. It's now, being so grindhousey with his music, it was uninspired. Uh, no. Germs. I don't care for. I just skip it. But I, I there are a couple of Weird Al tracks that are like that, that's including Geni- Genius in France. That that's another one. It's like oh whatever. This I don't find this funny. Skip. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That was like the first Weird Al Yankovic song I've ever skipped over. Oh. Yeah. 
That was the first one I'd ever skipped over. Like in the middle, I was like, this is not good. First time ever listening to it. And I was like, all right, I hope this isn't like the whole album because that would be really sad. <laughs> mm. That would be really depressing. And, and every time I can actually see Weird Al doing that, actually. Yeah. And that was on Poodle Hat, right? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, it, it was around that Running with Scissors, scissors era. Mm-hmm. Um, not Straight Out of Linwood. I don't think so. Yeah, that was a great that. album, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Straight Out of Linwood was pimp as shit. There was absolutely no zeros on that whatsoever. Um, but yeah, Germs. That's uh, my third disappointing, yep. uh, disappointing song. Disappointing. You're more entry. disappointed in it than you do than you hate it. Because you don't right? get. Because I've never been disappointed in Weird Al. Okay. No, I. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. My number three is the Macarena. I fucking Ugh. hate this song for you're, so many reasons. You're running down a whole lot of a Generation Xers uh, wedding list. Well, this one I actually hate for a personal reason. Mm-hmm. And this one, I remember in high school, I was taking Spanish class. And this oh. song hit that just come out. Okay. So, <clears throat> Mr. Mena <laughs> asked the whole class, do we want to take a Spanish test or do we want to dance the Macarena? Uh. I, I said, test. I want to test. <laughs> Test me all goddamn period. I don't care. <laughs> test, test, test. El, el, donde esta como suta? I, I, I will test <laughs> until I bleed. I do not want to do this fucking embarrassing <laughs> hand crossing, turning, hip shaking. What uh, this? What am I? How is this teaching me about Spanish? I am not this. What are we doing here? It, I it, hate it. this song. Uh, yeah, at least if you got an F on that test, nobody else would have to know. I would have been proud of it. I wouldn't yeah. care. Like, at least I wouldn't have to do the fucking Macarena. Yeah. They had, he had us line up against the wall across the entire classroom. and What, execution style? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Like you were in, the, you were in front of the firing squad? Yeah, the class was like 45 minutes of the Macarena on loop over and over and over i it, it was probably yeah it was some kind of stockholm syndrome type of like torture that was going Wait, on he like, actually looped it and you just spent the entire class doing it the whole class we're oh, just mr. like mr like, mana didn't want to be there that, that day oh <laughs> did he ever want to be there <laughs> yeah it's a fair question that's true Ugh. as a uh, senior he brought me in as a teacher's aide to help him grade tests that's so he could just sit back and do nothing yeah, that's that's a motherfucker's trying to strong arm a teacher duty day. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him, but I and still hate like, that fucking song. And it's like February, so summer's a long way off. Uh, that's tragic, Bob. And I never want to hear that story again. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, we're on twos. Uh, okay, my number two is a bit of a weird one. It's kind of niche. Huh? Um. But if you're into baseball, you might have heard this before. Uh, oh. Baby Elephant Walk, Henry Mancini. Really? Right? That's like a generalized, regular ho-hum song. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like a sports evergreen. And to be honest with you, I don't have a whole lot against two-thirds of it. Because it's Mancini. He's hard to hate. But right. have you ever heard the solo in the middle of it? Uh, There's a solo. I, I know I've heard it several i would play it when i was working at fox a couple of times right well if you let it roll for about like i don't know uh, 20 minutes or so um <laughs> <laughs> let's go on for a while you'll, you'll get treated to like one of the worst fucking jazz solos you'll ever hear in your entire life um because a it's uh, performed on either a baritone saxophone or a bassoon neither of which are soloable instruments i mean i'm sure in somebody's capable hands they can be but it's an uphill battle B, uh, the person that's performing the solo, whoever it is, has absolutely... He's taken the whole free-form concept of jazz to an insufferable uh, to an insufferable degree. Hmm. Because he has... You're going to like this jazz, I'm going to shove it down your throat. Yeah, exactly. None of it's going to make any sense. I have, I have no sense of musical progression or chaining whatsoever. I, I don't know what it's, what, it's go from, what, it's, what it's like to go from one low minor to a high minor. I'm just 100% bullshit, and you're going to like it. Because <laughs> if you don't, you're an idiot. You have low cultural values. 
It's like, man, you just you don't know how to fucking solo because you'll play a bassoon, which is a support instrument and will always will be. It, is that an oboe as a solo? What the no, hell? An oboe would an have oboe been cool. solo. Oboes are good. Oboes are great. They're just basically tiny saxophones. But this was an atrocity. <laughs> and almost, almost a convincing argument for the for the complete like global outlawing of jazz as a concept. Because this is what it becomes in an evil man's hands. Is that solo in the middle of Baby Elephant Walk. <laughs> Dr. Evil has it on his cassette tape just ready to queue up at that point. Dr. Evil probably wrote the fucking thing and convinced <laughs> Mancini that he did it. As part of one of his like Machiavellian complicated plots. Anyway. People would hear the song and then they'll want to dance in the street. Because of the weird jazz. Alright, so my number my number two is um was a oh, it was super, two. super popular country song. Uh-huh. Uh Achy Breaky Heart. I don't hate it. You wanna know why? Why? Because it was the genesis for one of my favorite weird altunes. Don't play that song. That achy breaky song. I, yeah. One of the rare weird Al tunes where he has hmm. like a whatever the bilabial fricative solo in the middle of it, which by the way, that would have been a great jazz tune solo. <laughs> Just saying, Mr. Mancini. <laughs> vet your staff a little bit better. What what do you do? I play a baritone solo uh, saxophone. What do you do? I can make fart noises musically with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> Get in here, man. We got a place for you. <laughs> Have a seat. <laughs> Freeform toots. <laughs> I don't even listen to country, and I was bombarded by this song, Icky Breaky Heart. It's like, it, oh my God, get out of my ears. Oh, we'd already been through the many crimes of uh, country in the 90s, and yeah, that is one of the worst ones. But for purely nostalgic reasons, I can't bring myself to hate it too much. There's, there's a, actually a couple of tunes from that unfortunate era that... I can listen to um, without wincing too much. Um, I think Deanna Carter had a couple okay. of singles. All right, let me pitch this to you real okay. quick before we get into our number ones. <clears throat> what is the worst song, in your opinion, that Weird Al improved on when he made a parody of it? Fuck, that's a good one. Because um, I got one off the top of my head. Um, I'm not sure if it's like my, the, my pinnacle choice, but one that first comes to thought mm-hmm. is party in the cia part a parody of <sighs> i'm gonna lose so party much respect from you right now or you're gonna i'm gonna lose so much respect in front of you um i actually really like that song <laughs> oh the original yeah yeah the original one if okay that... then i i have one that i know you agree with oh uh, okay word crimes Word Crimes is brilliant. I was going to go with that, actually. That is so good. It made a song that was like nearly unlistenable completely worth the trouble yes. of it existing. Yeah, I absolutely love that song. And I yeah. loved like the origins of the original song and how everyone didn't even listen to it at first. And they just absolutely fucking loved it. And then mm-hmm. they actually took the time to listen to it. It was like, oh, God, this is a horrible song. And the Weird Al comes out with Word Crimes. It's like, this is so much better. <laughs> it actually well, makes he's teaching us stuff about pronouns well, the, the original song I think was like a little bit too not to do a Patrick Bateman here but I think it was a little bit uh, too married to like a production concept so you got like a lot of heavy rhythm with almost no harmony to it I mean a lot of it was like t- t- oh, I'm, the, I'm referring to the lyrics of the original uh, yeah 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 they were questionable um <laughs> And also not written by the guy that got in trouble for it, for the most part, which I find hilarious. <laughs> but because it was Farrell, Farrell wrote the song. He's still working in music. Um, shit, I think he's like still the face of his own uh, enterprise at the, at the moment, anyway. But um, uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was pretty abominable uh, from behind the microphone. But the thing is that like the song itself is just like too is too staccato and too fucking dry, and it wears itself out really quickly. And it needed to rely upon the vocalist to provide the bonding instrument, you know? That was basically... That was... Thick had to be that song's uh, soloing bassoon. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he wasn't there because, uh, much like the soloing bassoon, he fucking sucked and uh, he shouldn't have been there. Uh, and then it took Weird Al um, 
him and his infinite jokiness to create the, to, to provide that bond. So yeah, there was like the there was like the guts of a really good tune there. It's just that whoever who it was given to didn't know what to do with it. And fucking our modern day poet, he took it to places it was never meant to go. Okay, um, so so do you have a favorite uh, style parody or original song that we're about to? <laughs> Okay. Um, I was only kidding. <laughs> I fucking love that song, The Bits, and I hope they play it at my funeral. <laughs> I want to play it at my wedding, but who the fuck knows if that's even going to happen? <laughs> but here's, here's the thing about that as a style parody. I don't know who it's parodying. So I'm getting out of that one on a technicality. My favorite style parody that I can actually pinpoint the style to is Waffle King. Because that's supposed to be Peter Gabriel style, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That song, that song for like, I think, seven months straight killed me every time it came on rotation. Okay, now I want to find out. Weird Al, I was only kidding. If it, oh, it was on uh, off the deep end. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was supposed to be some sort of a. I don't know. It, it seemed to me that it was like a bit of a generic, um, just a hyper, just a hyper rockish kind of a jock tune, you know. But it is a style parody of style parody of Tony OK. Really? That's what's listed. All right. Uh, Particularly hatred. You got the Aspergers. Uh, you got the Aspergers going to me now because I need to know who this is. Tony OK, and Tony, the song T O N I O. That's the first word. Tony O. Just the letter K. Tony O K. Son of a bitch. This is an American singer-songwriter who has released eight albums. Huh. And not more than five minutes ago. I didn't know he existed. And he was the genesis <laughs> for one of my favorite Weird Al tunes. That's fucking awesome. That is awesome. I love that. All right. See, this was kind of going to play into the uh, the cold open that I wanted to do uh, at the beginning of the last one. But uh, yeah, we'll save it. We'll save it. Just okay. on the next podcast, remind me of Tony OK, and I'll know what to uh, talk about. Okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> so what is your number one most hated cannot stand song? Uh... My number one is such a repugnant presence to me in the music industry that it is not just a particular tune. And I know that like this might, might be seen as getting out of jail easy, but it's a band. And I have such a distaste for the music that they create that I don't actually hate the band. I, actually, I, I, I obviously don't love them either, but they make me feel nothing. Like... Whenever one of their songs comes on the radio, and boy, once upon a time, their songs came on the radio fucking a lot. I would just... I would question if living was still worth it. And this is usually when I was you know, doing pizza, because if I'm hearing this fucking tune, I'm in the car, and the radio's on. And I would just begin to doubt everything that I saw and heard. This, this, this universe has no room for me. Why am I here? Oh my god. This I'm song is... Okay, it's a good setup because you'll know what I'm feeling because you know who this band is. It's Limp Biscuit. They like they're just mm. how did they come to be? And and I, I try to like keep myself away from like bashing on too many mainstream acts because it's kind of like a low it's like a low ring, you know? Like Are are you saying you can't even look at cookies the same way anymore? No. No. <laughs> because well, it's not about the cookie. It's about something else. And hearing those lyrics make me care about neither. <laughs> it's just it. I don't. I don't care. Like I thought for a little while that I ha- I found something to appreciate with my way, but it's not a good song. It was never meant to be a good song. People don't register it as a good song. They just think they do. I thought I did. Because it took the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin cutting a promo to it to make it actually good. Right. I but cannot the- think of uh, WrestleMania 17 without that recap video of the entire show to that song. I'm like, 
God damn it, they made this work. <laughs> that was an amazing promo, though. I mean, everything about it was great. They just they took the choicest shots from that match. Uh, it was edited like crazy good, and somebody just found somebody just found a way to fit the song into it. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong about this. And then I like had it show up on my playlist. Like I don't know. Uh, I was fucking driving in the dark, so I must have been going to work. Like a Spotify and, suggestions, like here you might like this song with all your other crap. Well, I don't, I don't play shit on my phone, so it was on my personal playlist on like an MP3 player or something, and it shows up, and I'm like, I don't really have to go to work today. <laughs> it just yeah. took all the wind out of your sails. I'm actually, I'm going to stop by the ABC. Yeah, I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling in Lip Biscuit today. I'm going to find the darkest corner of my room and keep this bottle of Finlandia and a dull pair of scissors next to me. Because uh, I'm telling you what, this day doesn't seem worth it anymore. All right, so I'll, I'll give you, you can't stand anything the band does. Is there any one particular song that just, that like, puts it over the edge hmm. it could be rolling it could be rolling uh because like we've previously stated uh most of their catalog is uh by default not worth living for <laughs> rolling is where they seemingly are conscious of that fact and they decided to go ahead and add just bare bones repetition to the entire fucking song from beginning to end so that's them saying you know what if our music depresses you to the point of questioning your own mortality well this is how much we care about that (laughs) zero we're going to take the worst thing that other songs that you can listen to does and put it on top of this bullshit right here yeah yeah fuck rolling (laughs) Uh, nobody needs it all right, so that was your number one. Uh-huh. My number one, I hope everyone would agree with me. I know some people don't because I've actually heard people say that they like this song. And I cannot when I heard... wait to be the person that disagrees with you in front of you. Well, people who I have said like this song, mm-hmm. I actually lose so much respect for. Because how could anyone like this goddamn song? It is so... I mean, compositely... It's mm-hmm. horribly arranged. It sounds terrible. I hate the fact that it was assembled by someone whose parents had money. So they published it and they made it big and it played all over. And I think like everyone universally hates this song. But uh, this this particular track fucking just digs. I, I'd rather shove... Uh, a screwdriver in my ear canal that even think of this song and it's Friday by Rebecca Black I don't think I've ever heard that tune you have you have heard the song I guarantee it have I? yes huh it's some teenager singing <sighs> horribly bad singing is being modest uh huh it's slightly auto-tuned and she's just repeating Friday 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 and it's it got so much airtime. And it was so just god awful. This was a horrible song. I hate how it was made. I hate I hate you if you like it. I really do. She looks like a YouTuber. Yeah, she probably was. And I think she, she complained she that was she was a YouTuber. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I, I went down. She did complain that she was bullied out of the business. Like, no, you just suck. That's all. <laughs> I'm all against not bullying people, especially kids. Uh-huh. You suck. You you put something like that out in the open for everyone to listen to, and it gets shit on and stomped on so badly. You kind of had it coming there, darling. <laughs> wow, she she like she peaked really early. She's like twenty four now. Yeah, like so... I said, it was a teenager whose whose mommy and daddy financed the the song. I'm what? sure they spent some good money on it. Oh, and what I absolutely fucking hate is. Uh, like for the music video, they she has like her friends, and her friends are like butt ugly teenagers. <laughs> Sorry, I, did, I didn't expect that turn of phrase. That was pretty. Uh, <laughs> that was a, that was a haymaker cluster of words, right? 
your music sucks and your friends are ugly. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> this is pretty amazing. I, I I feel like Oh, and you know what? She made a sequel song too. God damn it. Of course. Of course she did. That's the curse. Um this is funny. If this feels like I kind of this kind of feels like I survived the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Like like there's not a single bullet touched me. <laughs> Because I'm looking at uh, the, the history of the song and a classmate of black and music video. No, let's not go over that. Um, but she's like, it was covered on Glee. She appeared on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Ah, well. Uh, yeah, you it, see, it's popularity. It, it's kind of it, like the Fantastic Beast effects where it came out and everyone's like, oh, what's this all about? This, this, is this any good? I want, I want to hear it. What is this? And then they realized, oh, this is shit. And it fell she, really fast. She was on Funny or Die on April Fool's Day when the comedy site was rebranded Friday or Die for the entire day. Of course it was. I don't remember any of this stuff happening. This, okay. Um, I know what's going on here. This didn't happen in the non-powers booth continuum. <laughs> I was safe. I was safe over there. Damn I you, remember Quinn Mallory. One, one time we did a story about how it was the most hated video in YouTube history. Uh-huh. Or the most disliked or whatever. Yep. And then as soon as we were done telling the story, the anchor said, I like this song. It's like, okay. <laughs> this wasn't an anchor I was very fond of to begin with, so that really didn't help. Ah, uh, God, I love morning show anchors. They're the best. <laughs> They're so gleefully oblivious. <laughs> like, really? You know, you, you, you like that piece of shit. You, uh -huh. you like having your eardrums just ran over, over and over again. Um, well, let's throw a bit of a positive twist on these uh, musical curses for ourselves. Uh, I went ahead and did a little bit of extra credit, which I bet you uh, weren't expecting at all. Not at all. Um, and I came up with a category, single entry category, for a song that in some way or some transmutation had kind of redeemed itself. Uh, it's it's an effect that I like to call the uh, the pretenders effect or the proclamers effect because you know they're big hit. I would walk the 5000 miles. Proclaimers, yeah. I don't know, whatever. I mispronounce words. Um, because you know their tune. Like I would walk 5000 miles. Yeah, yeah. Was central to the plot of an episode of uh, How I Met Your Mother in that Marshall's old car had a proclamers tape that was jammed into the tape player and would and that song was on permanent repeat. So they took a road trip and they couldn't shut the radio off. And the entire plot was them psychologically trying to manage themselves in this self-inflicted uh, bubble of, uh, of torture. So they hated the song. They liked it. Then they hated it. Uh, and then they like really hated it. And they were like actually punching the radio at some point. <laughs> then by the end of the road trip, they were like singing it out loud. For some reason, all of a sudden they came to grips with it and they 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 accepted it. They internalized that acceptance. I've heard the B-52s have the same effect. Uh, I love the B-52s. I will not tolerate unkind words about Kate Pearson and Fred Snyder. <laughs> Ever. Not about Fred Snyder's middling coffee and not about Kate uh, Pearson's uh, overpriced uh Airbnb where you live in a trailer. Um, <laughs> both of those two things are real, by the way. Uh, and Fred Snyder's you know, doesn't surprise me. Pretty good. I was just trying to vie for the uh, sake of a joke. But um, okay, so I got a feeling Black Eyed Peas, which chases okay. down the credits of I believe at least five 3D animated movies from the early 2000s. I'm not quite sure about the count, but it's in a lot, and I'm and I'm positive it's more than one. So that was one of those songs that I could not can't I could not stand hearing uh, within the first like uh, I don't know uh, first couple of years of its nascency, and then I caught it on the road on the drive up here for the first time uh, back in the back in 2021, and for some reason it just kind of clicked, and I was like, oh, this is good. It's keeping me up. Thank you, thank you, Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> And your your machine created fucking audio bubblegum, <laughs> more like audio Doritos if it was any if it was any sort of counterpart. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I like made my peace with that song's existence afterwards. I don't know how it happened. Maybe made, it was just road trip desperation or something. I, I can see that because I've made peace with a particular song that was used in just about every single action movie trailer. Um, 
Oh, let me let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bar with the bar? No. No. Okay. No. Still hate that one. Okay, because it is terrible. Um. Okay, go. Sorry. Motley Crue's "Kickstart My Heart." You hated that song at some point. Well, I hated how it was. I when I the first time I heard the song, I actually liked it because I I liked the crew. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Then it started getting used in every single movie trailer, mm-hmm. and just because it's got like a really nice guitar riff and it's it's um, it's classic cock jock or cock rock. Yeah, it. it yeah. I mean, <clears throat> rock music, and sure, I li- I liked it. I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. And then they started using it for animated movie trailers, and that's when I was like, hold up. Which Do we movies? know what that song is about, for God's sake? <laughs> I saw it in a trailer for uh, Monsters University, I think. Monsters I University? Like, no shit. Yeah, it was like really quick, like a character rolls up a window, <clears throat> she turns on the radio, and then she drives off, and you hear like a guitar riff of Kickstart My Heart. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, do any of you realize that song is about overdosing on heroin? Just saying. I mean, if you let them know who wrote the song first, they might have gotten <laughs> they could they could get an inkling. They might be able to do the detective work themselves from there on. From there on, but <laughs> yeah, go up to like a producer. It's like, all right, we have the song called "Kickstart Your Heart." Oh, what's is that about? Like uh, falling in love or something like that? Like he finds a girl and it like re- reminding him to to love or something like that. It's like. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, it was made like by my Motley Crew. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's about sex, isn't it? It's nothing about sex. No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not about sex. Is it about drug use? Uh, you're, you're, you're getting there. You're halfway yeah. there. It's about post-drug use. <laughs> it is a title that sounds metaphorical, but it is to be taken very literally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the story paddles. behind the song I absolutely love. And then when it started getting used, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And then it started getting used for kid movies. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's only because the person lazy. that made the people that made the trailer or at least staged the scene that was cut into the trailer knows what that song is about. And they know that they can get up. They got to yeah. get away with it. You're probably right. They, yeah. they knew it's like, we're just put in this song they're gonna like the the movie producers are gonna love it they're gonna think it's awesome it's like oh i really like that track you used in the trailer thanks boss it's it's that bizarre billboard effect for really popular songs because you you if you if you're if you take the time out to listen to the the lyrics um of uh, every move you make you know you know immediately what it's about it's about a fucking stalker right mm-hmm. yeah but somehow it became safe to play in fucking publics so <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is Publix. <laughs> I, well, okay, true. I guess I don't know. I, I don't know if you have like fucking high range grocery stores down there. I can't really name Goodings. I guess we could go with Goodings. <laughs> That's probably left over from like ball music they would play in the '80s, where people just didn't pay any attention, but they were still like going through the gap and like singing out the music that's playing overhead. Yeah, but somebody, somebody will say that that's okay, and then somebody on staff will be like, you know what that song's about? And they'll be like, I don't fucking care. It's on the roll. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Yeah. Oh, well, here's a good one. Blurred Lines. You ever listen to the lyrics for that one? It's like, I don't... Look, this is Hobby Lobby. Who gives a fuck? Nobody's here to listen. Nobody's dancing. <laughs> Nobody's dancing on their way up to the cashier, okay? Certainly no grinding. I want to go into a Hobby Lobby and hear (laughs) third lines playing. (laughs) Because that would be such a mindfuck. The only time somebody would notice something's a little bit out of place is if a Rammstein song comes on. And somebody's like, no, absolutely not. This song is literally about baking a fucking cake. If you knew German, you would know that. Listen, they sing parts of it in English. They say living in America. They 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 love America, apparently. They live in Germany. <laughs> really, the, the, the line, I'm not using my father's tongue, that didn't really stick out to you. Yeah. The tongue, well, if it was kiss, then I guess it would have by default. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> kiss humor, which yeah, you don't get yeah, every day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of which, you'll hear fucking um, the rock and roll and I party every day. Just... You know, getting going over to the bakery. 
and that's about as close as I think a grocery store would get to hard rock. <laughs> but it's still the, it's still that weird question: what has been deemed acceptable through like overexposure versus what can't be tolerated? Because it, it just sounds a little bit too weird. I don't know. Who knows what these guys could be singing about? The guitars are too loud. I think once a track hits a classic rock station, then it's like, all right, it's fair game, whatever, use it, whatever, use it however you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, but it's funny to it's funny to try to triangulate what songs are set up for that path, that trajectory, you know. <laughs> like going anyway. to a dentist and you hear Nirvana's "Rape Me." It's like, huh? <laughs> that's a ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Because you hear it, I, I haven't heard it in any sort of a business establishment yet. That's that might be exaggeration, but you do hear it on Jack FM stations. <laughs> you'll you'll hear that shit chased down like Centerfold by Jay Giles Band. <laughs> oh, the and, wheel's a little uh, a little off today, I think. Yeah, and and you know it's chasing that shit down, Celine Dion. <laughs> what? Yep. <laughs> anyway, um. Uh, all right, that seems that like a good a, point to jump off. That would be a great song to uh, to preface the sinking of a giant ship, wouldn't it? <laughs> God, speaking of jumping yeah. off points, let's uh, yeah. let's let's find a fucking door and just let's, float for a little bit. Let's sink this sucker. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, wow. We have a link tree to all of our socials and other media that can be found in the description. Mm-hmm. Uh, please come join our Discord. We would love to have you where the discussions do continue, but. We also want to know what songs like grind your gear. What song do you really hate? Please let us know. We would love to continue the conversation with you one way or another. You can follow Jay over at YouTube at SquarePegs, uh, his retro re- video game review show. Uh, the man is awfully freaking busy with that. I have a YouTube channel that I kind of like nurse back to health every once in a while. <laughs> uh, Skipper Bob's Breakdowns, where I go around Orlando. I, I am planning some big stuff for the summer so just stay tuned for all that i'm still like working some things around i'm I'm not as coordinated as jay big stuff takes big hours to put together and big money and big monies yeah yeah uh we do have merch you can find that tpublic.com there are again there's links down below uh that features the art of tom Sawyer. tom i almost did it again tom sawyer (laughs) tom solo the sounds of solo. <laughs> Check out those things. Uh, buy a shirt or a buy a mug with his design. One of our Cretans Guild logos. You absolutely love them. We have a holiday, a Halloween one. Uh, you know, we do. We do have a Christmas one. We need. What should be the next holiday? We have Tom design a logo for. Huh. All right. So Halloween, Christmas. Those are the big ones. Yeah, those are the big ones. Should we, uh, we should do something for summer. We, we could steer hard into the sacrilege and do an Easter one. <clears throat> Spring break would probably be the most natural choice, though. <laughs> um, you know, I'm kind of surprised we haven't done a St. Patty's yet. Uh, mm, that's which would. Nec- I mean, it could just be. A, it could just be like woman in a green T-shirt with. I'll tell you what. Or... If you guys have an idea, join our Discord. Let us know. We would love to hear from you. We actually, uh, well, our Discord needs to grow <laughs> I'll just say that it does need to grow but we would love to talk to anybody who wants to join hey, me and Adam have a good fucking time on that thing okay hey, we, we got a few more people coming in left and right every once in a while let's just mm-hmm. uh, let's let's build up the guild let's let's get a little bigger let's, let's let this snowball not melt that you know that kind of thing yeah <laughs> uh, once again we are part of the Podfix network and to all of our followers new and old we say welcome to the guild no one can hear you mouth that. Yeah, but they don't know what I'm doing either. And that's yeah, well, gonna, this is true. That's I don't think they want to know. Mystery. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Oh, it's Corey. He probably just whipped his dick out and shit. It's like, yeah, this camera's not catching that. Oh, God, he did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you doing there, sonny? <laughs> this was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at potfixnetwork.com.